0: It's a I see dead people Here's Johnny Stop We have such sights to show you Bring the motherfucking ruckus Fuck you too
1: Baba booey, baba booey Baba booey
0: Bingo bungle, right of mine
1: what was it, um... What was it you you used to yell in Disney?
0: Oh, uh, bing bong. <laughs> bing bong! <laughs> Fuck your uh, life! <laughs> I, had to, I had to think about it for a second. There's so so much shit that I yell. Bing bong. Bing Bing bong <laughs> I was surprised too Because I know we talked about it You didn't know what bing bong was I had no idea what it was And like, like halfway through I was like You're like oh you've never
1: seen that tiktok
0: Yeah I guess I'm one of them fucking tiktokers It took all Not week Not that I make tiktoks
1: We were in Disney for like a full week
0: Yeah And was on like the, the second last, last day And on
1: the last day In a Ruby Tuesdays at an airport mm. He yelled bing bong And I was like where is that from You've been saying it All week. And then he showed me the compilation of, uh...
0: Yeah. It was, what, like, three, four minutes of their stuff? Because usually they're, like, 30-second clips, but there were a bunch of them. No,
1: it was was a compilation because I remember, um... I remember laughing at the guy who's always about... He's always talking about fucking your bitch. (laughs) Yeah. He's always like, uh, if you see my car parked in your driveway, don't come inside, (laughs) because I'm coming inside. Bing bang!
0: <laughs> if you see these two dogs outside, yeah. you know I'm upstairs going hard. That's the one.
1: <laughs> these dogs outside, <laughs> I'm going hard. Wear your hard hats. <laughs> but yeah, that was fun. Um, we're we're planning on going to uh, California.
0: California.
1: Yeah. Next year. Yeah. Planning on doing some. Uh, nintendo world we're fine for that right high out of my fucking mind yeah, oh yeah. I, we have
0: to i don't yeah, have yeah. enough
1: pto to drive
0: that's fair i probably don't either
1: um but yeah i'm i want to see that nintendo world i want to see that horror nights i want to see that disneyland and I want to see that weed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had some of the best weed of my life in that state. I still think about it. I still think about the blue dream. <laughs> the blue dream is my is my mission in life. I have never been more zen than when I smoked an entire blunt before going to Disneyland. It was like six o'clock in the morning and I'm sitting outside. I'm looking at the sunrise and, and I'm like high out of my mind Mm -hmm. Uh. the taxi man picks us up he goes oh going to Disneyland (laughs) and all of us are like yeah all of us are like yeah (laughs) and he's like you had a good time you know preparing preparing for Disneyland (laughs) and we were like (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's just like, "You guys are high, aren't you?" And we were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And um, and he's like, "I am too." <laughs> he's, he's driving us. We we all laughed. We all we all lost it. He's mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, how do you think I drive so well? How do you think I maintain this calm mm-hmm. during this job?" Yeah, and I'm like, "Yeah, everyone's medicated out here, my dude."
0: I'm so say that's not something I can. I I don't. I mean, I'm sure I would be fine, but like, I don't know that I would be able to like drive people around.
1: No, I would definitely get too too anxious. I'm yeah, able to I operate would, a vehicle perfectly fine. Yeah, but I, I, I would be okay with like
0: spike. food deliveries. Oh, food deliveries DoorDash, I'd be, DoorDash would be fine. DoorDash would be
1: solid. Nothing but your own tunes. Yep. And you know, the... especially like
0: me being a like a, a weird metalhead, where like if you throw on my my main playlist, you could hit between. Uh, like heavy metal and techno, just like very, very quickly. In
1: my car, and like, it's, it's very emo. In mm-hmm. my car, it's underground rap or anime music. <laughs>
0: okay, yeah, that's. I that's
1: had I had Deputy Dewey doing fucking loop de loops in the car on the way to uh, Powderborn the other day because he's. He's sitting there listening to all of this crazy anime music, and then every next song was <laughs> like uh, "Run to Jules," MF Doom, mm-hmm. or like some unknown that I just like his shit, and uh, <laughs> and he's just like, "What is happening right now? <laughs> the styles, the changes, the funk, the flow. <laughs> yeah. You know how he how he uh, he turns into a poet sometimes."
0: Um, that's the writer in him
1: Yeah, that's that's the English teacher in him <laughs> I don't think he listens anymore But he'll appreciate that So, um I, This is lots of pasta I realized in the last episode I recorded With Tenron Otrin That I I didn't even introduce the show We just kept talking <laughs> And I didn't I, Like, you knew who he was I said his name a couple times But I don't think I ever introduced the show Um, It's been a while, folks, but uh, we're coming back. We have some stuff planned. This is going to be the first of several parts. Um, I'm not sure how long this is going to take, but we're going to take our time taking it. Um, I'm here. This is Lots of Pasta. Me, your host, Captain Death, with... Where am I? Co-host, where am I? uh, Up on today's... Uh, feature and we will be um, I think uh, Hospitalized <laughs> I think we're being hospitalized
0: Yeah I you, hope
1: so You and I have experience being hospitalized <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not sure uh,
0: We might start getting some PTSD
1: I'm not sure if that's going to come out or not Depending yeah. on uh, how the episode Goes because there's definitely Some, some poignant shit to be said about that experience but what do you do? I think this is going to lean more towards like I told you one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Sure. I think we're going to be drawing a line between is this person actually insane or is something really just odd, something so incredibly odd happening to this person and everyone around her just doesn't believe her or mm. or for, you know,
0: yeah, well, I mean when you're when you're in that situation and it's already announced that like, hey, this is unusual. <laughs> and then you're like, "Hey, but there's unusual shit." And they're like, "We already heard that you did unusual shit." And you're, "No, but there's unusual shit. We know about the unusual shit. But
1: the unusual shit could be oh my god, someone killed my brother and drew with blood on the wall." Yeah. And then they walk into the room hearing... and you don't have a speck of blood on you. But you're the only one in the room with the body. Yeah. And they're like, why did you kill this person? <laughs> and you're like, I didn't. You could clearly look at me. I didn't. But unfortunately, yeah. I'm in this situation now. You know, is mm-hmm. is that what's going to be happening? Is this just going to be a bunch of unluck, wrong place, wrong time type of shit? Or is this going to be about... Someone with some type of uh, uncontrollable yeah, nature, something. some type yeah. of uncontrollable power. You know, what... I don't, I don't know what to think. Even uh, circumstances. Absolutely. The point is, I don't know what to think. I don't... And I think that that's cool. Sure. Because too many times you go to Reddit and you look at what is literally going to happen in the story in the title of the post. And this one, oddly enough, is just... My name is Lily Madwhip, and I see things before they happen.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> is this going to be dead zoned? <laughs> I have entered the dead zone. Um, shout out to Michael C. Hall being able to see people die when he like touches them or something, and then he mm. tries to prevent their deaths in some episodes he saves them, some episodes he doesn't. Uh-oh. <sighs> yeah, um, how are you, how you feeling?
0: Pretty good um I mean obviously I'll be a little bit better once I get through this this is actually my first drink of the day the Stella so, it's, uh, it's loving to see first drink of the day
1: uh, it's Usually my I first I little, it's little my first now. smoke of the day no it's not I'm alive <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, been been that. that one I've been doing for a while I <laughs> was I
1: have been smoking all day and I was playing some Halo with Tanner on Otrin and uh we were talking about how fun the last episode we recorded was while uh, also getting our asses handed to us on legendary. So that's what I did. So we're in, we're in a good place right now. i mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure uh if precognition is my type of thing cuz I definitely would just assume Lily is high as a kite. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if she, you know, final destination, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's one of the only horror series that you actually watched as a kid. Yeah. If someone freaked out, like, let's say you're on a plane, and someone freaked out and said, this plane's going to explode, and makes a giant scene and gets pulled off the plane, do you get off the plane? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, without hesitation, absolutely not. I zoomed in on where am I in my head as he said that, and I saw into his brain, and I saw, I want it to explode. (laughs)
0: Well, there's that. I want it to happen. (laughs) Something else that happened today. Um, There was a commercial on the television. It was for, like, I don't know, low HLH or HCH or or something. It's something about, like, oh, your hormones drop off after you're 25. Be a man. You know, like, here's some hormones to help you XYZ. And... I was like, this is fuck bullshit, and just immediately started talking about overpopulation and how, like, the life expectancy of of humans needs to be shortened, not lengthened. And the girl, the the poor girl sitting in the lunchroom trying to eat as this commercial came on, and I just go off for, like, three minutes. She was like, oh, um, okay. (laughs) I'm gonna go now.
1: (laughs) So. Oh, shit. It's Um, been a day. When you die. when you think of precognition, do you just assume you're high?
0: Yeah, I just go, oh man, or I assume it's we're both high. It's the type high. of
1: anxiety that gets into your head, right? Like yeah, you're high, you're driving, and you're like, wouldn't it suck right now if I got hit by a train? And then like, <laughs> and then like your car yeah, goes over train tracks, and you're like, holy <laughs> shit, oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you're fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You like see a woman standing on the sidewalk and you're like what if she fell in front of my car right now and I wasn't able to stop in time? Oh, no, I'm getting closer to her. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And then you pass Please don't by fall. Please don't nothing, fall. Please don't nothing fall. fucking happens. Oh, <laughs>
0: OK. Yeah. There's
1: a kid with a ball. Get the fuck yeah. out of here. I'm behind the wheel stoned. <laughs> and I've been cursed with precognition. No, I haven't. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> he walked right past me. My car wasn't moving. Mm hmm. I was crippled with anxiety. (laughs) My name is Lily Madwhip, and I see things before they happen.
0: Don't stare at me, ass face!
1: (laughs) That's my brother, Roger. He doesn't see things before they happen. I know this because if he did, he would see what's about to happen to him. And then again, maybe he does. But people like us can't see things that are about to happen to ourselves. Oh, well, that's dumb. Doesn't help at all. Oh, yeah. It's dead zone. Cool. What's the Oh, let's throw a a I don't know. Truthfully, all I know is that in about three minutes, Roger is going to die. (laughs) You're
0: going to die
1: (laughs) I tell him
0: Did you just threaten me? He snarls. Oh, I guess he's six years. Oh, no, he's six year old? Okay. You thought he was six years old. Yeah, for a second there, I was like, oh, I I voiced a six-year-old
1: real wrong. Roger is six years older than me. He goes to high school and has two best friends (laughs) named Skeeter and (laughs) Dustin. They like to wear shirts without sleeves that have the names of heavy metal bands on them. Sometimes they hang out in the garage and try to play music like those bands until my dad goes out and yells at them to stop. At his funeral, they're going to wear jackets and ties and their hair is going to be combed for once. I'll never see them after that, which is nice. I love Roger because he's my brother. But when he's gone, things will be just a little bit nicer. Sorry, Roger. (laughs) Now, I tell him truthfully, I'm just trying to warn you. I love you, Roger. Shut up, weirdo. He punches me in the shoulder and I cry like I'm supposed to. But it doesn't really hurt. Mom's head swivels around on her neck from the front of the car and gives us both that look that says she regrets having us. I know she doesn't, but all parents think that from time to time. I wonder where I'd be right now if I'd never had kids. No, I'm not a mind reader, too. I just know these things. Will you two knock it off back there? Mom asks. It's not really a question, though. It's an order. Adults can give orders in the form of questions. If you're a kid and you try to do this, it doesn't work. I once tried to order Roger to give me my doll back. My, my doll Paschar? pas Pas-car?
0: Pascal? Pas- Pas- Pascal,
1: Pas... <laughs> Pascar. You're awful at reading me. No, well, I'm,
0: I'm... Yeah, that, that too. I Pas- already knew that.
1: Pascal. Pascal! <laughs> by asking him, and he laughed at me and twisted Pascal's head off. Mom had to put it back on, but she's never been one for toy repair, so it's kind of crooked now. I told her I didn't mind and that it gives him Personality. <laughs> Mom and dad think it's weird that I named my doll Pascal. I don't know why. <laughs> Pascal was an angel after all. Yeah. People don't think it's weird if you give your name, your doll Gabriel or Michael or Layla. But give it the name Uriel or Gavriel or Pascal. <laughs> and everybody gives you funny looks. I hug Pascal in my arms and look out into the front of the car. And there's a sign that says rest area, one mile, and beneath it is a smaller sign that says, next rest area, 46 miles. And at the speed my dad drives, that should take us about a half an hour, I think.
0: Rest area coming up, dad says. Does anybody need to go?
1: We stopped hours back at the McDonald's and I had a cheeseburger with some fries and a small Sprite. I couldn't finish the burgers or fries, but the Sprite made my tummy happy because sometimes I get a little car sick, so I drank the entire thing. Now, I need to go, but this is where Roger dies, so I lie. I don't. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't. Thinking about having to go makes it worse. So I cross my legs. Roger notices.
0: Lily has to go. She's squirming around back here. I don't want her pissing on me. He makes a grossed out face
1: and I can appreciate the genuine disgust of being peed on by someone else. But Roger, I'm trying to save your life here. Mom looks back again and I shake my head at her.
0: Lily, if you have to go... I don't. She has to go,
1: and I do too. Roger declares. He really wants to die. <laughs> I don't think Roger actually has to go. Dad turns onto the ramp for the rest stop ending the conversation. There's two lanes, one for the big trucks, and one for the little cars. Our station wagon takes the second lane and wraps back around to go uphill to a parking lot for the rest area. There's some sort of big rock on a pedestal with a commemorative plaque at the base with lots of names of people who are dead. Other families are going in and coming out of the glass-wrapped building. I wonder how far we are from the nearest hospital. Everybody out, Dad declares. Millie, hurry! Mom says as she unbuckles her seatbelt and opens the door. I look over at Roger one last time and try to smile. He looks back at me, and for a moment, there's the faintest glimmer of recognition in his eyes. I think maybe he's going to shut the door and stay in the car. But then he sneers at me, and the moment is lost.
0: Stop staring at me
1: ass face. Language, Roger! Dad says in his tone that means he doesn't actually care, but he acts like it, so Mom won't get mad. We all get out. Mom holds my hand, and we cross the parking lot, even though I'm not a baby. I keep looking back at Roger and Dad and waiting for it to happen. Roger's going to die. I know it. I just don't know how. Maybe that big rock is going to come loose from its base and fall right on top of Roger like a boot on an ant. I've stepped on ants before. I always say sorry afterward, but it's kind of pointless by then. I wonder if his insides will squish out like they do with ants. The rock does not squish Roger. My mom takes me into the women's restroom where we do our business. The toilets are those ones that flush automatically. They always scare me, like I think the one I'm on won't detect that I'm on it anymore and flush and I'll get sucked in. I go, but the whole time I'm waiting to hear the shouts and the cries from outside and maybe Roger gets sucked into his automatic toilet. My mom has a word for something like that. A pro pro. (laughs) Roger does not get sucked into the automatic toilet. We meet outside in the lobby area where they have an information kiosk with little cubby holes filled with sightseeing maps and brochures for hotels and water parks. I want to look at one about an outdoor animal safari zoo, but dad is in a hurry to get back on the road. So mom drags me back out to the parking lot. We pile into the station wagon with empty bladders. I'm feeling a bit confused, because Roger is still alive, and it's been at least ten minutes since I knew he was going to die. I don't say anything on the matter, because Mom and Dad don't like it when I talk about my... premonitions, as they call them. Also, I'd rather not jinx it if I'm actually wrong for once. Roger's kind of mean, but he's my brother, and I love him. I hug Pascal and stare out the window as we suddenly... As we pull out from the parking space, and suddenly, Pascal is snatched from my arms. I turn, startled, to see Roger holding the doll out his window, waving it in his hand. He grins at me.
0: Hey, assface! Want to see if your dolly can fly? I
1: realize this is the moment. I can't help but say something. This is when you die. I tell him solemnly. Roger's smirk is replaced by one of anger. He lets go of Pascal, who disappears beneath the wheels of our car. In my distress, I cry out, lurching against my seatbelt, as if I can whisk out the window and snatch Pascal up before he's lost forever. Mom turns and starts, asking loudly what just happened. Dad turns to yell at us to stop it. Lily, stop screaming. Roger, what did you do? Roger, what did you do? My father is looking in the rearview mirror at what he considers his two biggest mistakes. My mother is passing her glare back and forth between me and Roger. Roger is looking at mom and dad and trying to put on an innocent expression as he lies and tell them that I started it. Only one of us is looking at the lane for the big trucks that we're currently merging with at dad's typical high rate of speed, and that's me. What do I see out Roger's window but a giant truck with lots of big tires and a large trailer on back barreling down at us with a driver in the cab who looks as shocked and confused as I am. I'm not screaming for Pascal anymore. I'm screaming for Dad to brake or steer or anything, but he can't tell the difference between one type of screaming and the next. And anyway, it's too late. Do you know what a T-bone is? I always thought it was a type of steak. My uncle George ordered a T-bone once at a restaurant and he got this mammoth piece of meat with all the bone in it. That's why they call it a T-bone because the bone is there and it looks like the letter T. Apparently T-bone is also a type of collision where one vehicle strikes another in the side because the two vehicles make a T-shape just like the T-bone in the steak my uncle ordered. That's what the big truck does to us. It T-bones us right before the on-ramp to the interstate. The nearest hospital is 23 minutes away. I would never have guessed that number. They take Roger and my dad there in an ambulance. Dad has a dislocated shoulder and lots of cuts and bruises. Roger is airlifted to Boston Memorial. He gets to fly in a helicopter, although he isn't conscious for it, so he kind of misses out. He dies from internal injuries before he gets there. Mom and I are treated for a lot of little cuts from glass and stuff The driver of the truck is fine but shook up by the whole thing I hope he doesn't blame himself for Roger's death That was nobody's fault but Roger One of the emergency medical people who treats us on the scene Finds Pascal and gives him back to me He always finds his way back to me the EMT asks That's
0: almost the creepiest part
1: <laughs> That the doll comes back okay. <laughs> The doll always comes back The EMT asks me what my doll's name is And gives me a kind of funny look when I tell him I don't tell him that he's about to get a call For an old lady who suffered a stroke In some place called Middlebury That kind of trivial information is lost on most people Kind of like how I know my mom and dad are going to cry And hug each other and worry about Roger Until they find out that he's dead After that, Dad will get more distant because he secretly blames me. It's not a secret, Dad, I know. And Mom will hug me a little tighter each night at bedtime. I see it, but they don't need to know I do. I hope Roger is in a better place, but Pascal tells me that he's not.
0: Pascal is always right.
1: Pascal is always right. (laughs) That's fun. I think yeah. it's fun so far. What do you think?
0: Um, I mean, I like it. Uh, the the writing style from the perspective of a child. I'm assuming will sort of grow as the child grows. Yeah, it depends on how long the narrative. I
1: mean, we know yeah. how long the story is, but like, yeah, um, Depend,
0: you know. like the time frame. Yeah, yeah,
1: the time frame can fucking stretch. This could end she could be thirty.
0: It could. She could be thirty. She could be thirteen. That's true. You know, I could see a
1: a year in the life of. Yeah.
0: I mean, I've I know for a fact that you can grow up very quickly over the span of a year, especially Uh, when my name is Lily Madwip and I don't need a therapist.
1: (laughs) I was just going to say it. It's a a pro pro maybe. Yeah. (laughs) I don't need a therapist. Do you think Roger is with
0: God, Lily? That's my therapist. Her name is Miss Christie. Uh, she's about my mom's age, but uses less makeup, probably because she doesn't have any kids of her own. Miss Christie wears a little chain around her neck with a cross on it. Huh. She also wears a jacket with too many buttons and not enough holes. Uh, I wonder what all those extra buttons are, are for. She always wears the same jacket. Does she only have the one or does she have lots of jackets that all look the same? I'm never going to know the answer to these urgent (laughs) mysteries. Ever since Roger died, I have to sit in this room twice a week with shelves full of books about child psychology and drawings by other kids on the walls and talk to Miss Christie. I guess mom and dad thought I wasn't handling Roger's death appropriately. Well, mom didn't anyway. Uh, Dad didn't really talk to either of us much anymore. Mom is out in the waiting area with Pascal. I'm not allowed to bring Pascal in with me when I talk to Miss Christie. Other kids get to bring things in. There's this girl with black hair who always shows up with the teddy bear that chuckles when she squeezes it. <laughs> One kid even brings a toy fire engine with flashing lights. Flashing lights can cause seizures. I don't think Miss Christie likes Pascal. Sure. I shrug. Roger's in heaven Roger is not in heaven (laughs) He's not in hell either Oh, okay Uh, Roger's not in some underground cave filled with red demons Carrying pitchforks that stab him As flames shoot out of the rocks He's not sitting on clouds with a harp either I think he'd be pretty annoyed if someone handed him a harp He'd probably throw it at them and um, call him an ass face Uh, Roger's on the other side of town in a place called Holy Oak Cemetery, where mom and dad paid for a plot in the back by a willow tree and a creepy stone crypt with an angel on top that looks nothing like a real angel. They got a little polished stone marker on his grave that just says Roger T. Madwip in all caps and beloved son in cursive underneath. And that's where Roger is. There, in his dead body, in a suit he'd probably make a face out if you told him he had to wear it. In a coffin with white padding. I suppose in case he gets uncomfortable laying in the dark, six feet underground, with dirt and worms on top of it all. Pascal says Roger is in purgatory. Which, I guess, means laying in your dead body until they decide what to do with you? Jesus. Did you know there's over 200 bones in most people? Sure. Uh, when one gets broken, if like if a man in a mask strikes you on the arm with a crowbar, uh, the body knows how to repair it over time, unless the body is dead. Then they just stay broken forever, I guess. Uh, Roger ended up with lots of broken bones. Some of them were broken more than once, too. It was like a dozen guys in masks with crowbars just pounded on him for an hour. That could be taken more than one way. <laughs> now, he's stuck it, now he's stuck in a coffin with that suit he hates and a whole bunch of broken bones that are never going to heal. I wonder uh, when they decide where he's going if he's going to pop out all floppy like a jellyfish. The, the idea of Roger like a squishy sack makes me laugh. Miss Christie jots this down. <laughs> I go stand by the window overlooking the parking lot. It's cold and wet outside, and there's a slick spot on the sidewalk into the building where Miss Christie worked that I can see from her office. A lady and her son are walking in from their car. The boy is probably just a couple years younger than me uh, and wearing a pair of brown corduroy pants. He's going to slip on the slick spot and get those pants wet and end up crying. But there's nothing I can do about it, so I look away. I hear the commotion outside a moment later. It didn't rain when we buried Roger. I thought it was always supposed to rain when there's a funeral. I even dreamed that it rained, but the rain was uh, lots of little bits of glass, and it was cutting everybody. Roger's friends, Skeeter and Dustin, were there in their suits, and their hair combed, and they were crying because the glass was cutting them. Everybody was covered in blood. I'm imagining Skeeter as P-Funk
1: he's strawberry shortcake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think um, I imagine Skeeter as Skeeter from Doug. <laughs> Boobity bop bop. Yeah.
0: I mean, there's certainly that.
1: <laughs> and it's just like everyone around him is real, and he's just a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Just pulled yeah. out of that cartoon, like sitting in there at the funeral in his red shirt with a lightning bolt on it.
0: <laughs> it's like the new um, Chip and Dale movie. Yeah. Or one's two D and one's three D, and it's just, just like CGI oh, movement. Yeah. Mom said it rained every time there was a funeral. It would never stop raining. Sounds like there are a lot of funerals going on. Do you miss him? Miss Christy asks. Yeah. Roger hid my foil Charizard before he died, and now I don't know where it is. What a fucking asshole. <laughs> Uncle George gave it to me for my birthday when I turned five because he was getting rid of my cousin Susie's old collection. He said if I hung on to it, I could probably use it to pay for college someday. Hell yeah. Susie was a year younger than Roger, and she died in a boating accident one summer during a family reunion. When people hear boating accident, uh, they think you were in a boat, and there was an accident. Like, maybe you hit another boat, or ended up out of water, but Susie was in the water, and the boat ran over her. So I think it was more of a swimming accident that happened to involve a boat. And... Then, I was there when it happened. Uh, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. Ever since, I, I really don't like going in the water. Not as long as there's still boats. And sharks. And piranhas. Do you ever feel like crying? Miss Chrissy asks. She dyes her hair. She doesn't think anybody knows, but I know. I suppose if I really wanted to blow her mind, I could ask Pascal where she gets it done and what the person's name who is who does it for her. Maybe then people will stop treating me like I'm making things up, or uh, maybe they'll want to cut open my brain. Roger said they would do that (laughs) if they thought I really did see things before they happened, but Roger's dead now. Uh, I don't want them cutting open my brain, so I don't tell Miss Chrissy. I know her hair color is fake.
1: I already cried.
0: I say instead, I did cry. Uh, but only because people expected it of me, especially at the funeral. I just want to get back to school and see my friends. But I don't have any friends at school. I used to have a friend named Rachel, uh, but I warned her that her dog Rufy was gonna have seizures and die and, well, she stopped being my friend. Other kids think I'm weird. Jeffrey Baker calls me Mad Lily. That's okay, because Pascal says puberty isn't gonna be kind to Jeffrey. If I really wanted to be mean, I could tell everyone that he still wets the bed, but Pascal tells me not to be mean. Being mean lands you in purgatory. Miss Christie writes something in her notebook about me. I think it says that I'm uncooperative <laughs> and uh, re- repressing my emotions. I'm trying to be cooperative, but adults won't don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear you say what they think is right. If you say anything else, they think it's wrong. And then you have to start all over again. Sometimes they put you on drugs so they can tweak the chemicals in your brain until you think you have things you wouldn't otherwise, Uh, like how much you miss your brother who used to give you wedgies and hydrofoil Charizard before he died and now you'll never go to college. Miss Christie, please call me Christie.
1: Miss Christie, can I please bring Pascal in the next session?
0: I ask. She gives me that face. Adults make it when they know you know the answer and are hoping you'll take the question back before they have to give it.
1: I think Pascal should stay in the waiting room. Why? Because I want to hear from you, not Pascal.
0: She doesn't really want to hear from me because I would want to talk about why I'm suddenly seeing her lying motionless on the floor of some room with green carpeting and yellow furniture that came from ikea her face is purple and her tongue is sticking out and it's all swelled up like when i saw a frog at the museum once uh the frog was dead too the world is decorated with dead things i wanted to ask her if she feels dizzy or lightheaded and if she's had enough to eat at lunch i wonder if ikea is an acronym Kind of like the one I see on the wristband they'll give her at the hospital. D. N. R. She thinks you're a schizo-ass face. Roger says in my head, she thinks your doll talks to you. I clam up. I don't feel safe without Pascal. When I see things before they happen, often like this, Pascal can explain them to me. I don't know why he came to be with me, maybe because in all the world I'm the only person that bothered to name their doll Pascal. Maybe he knew I could see things before they happened and came to keep me company and by a crazy coincidence I gave the doll the same name as him. All I know is he says he's an angel and not to be afraid. And that always makes me feel better. The time for my session finally runs out and Miss Christie escorts me to the waiting room where Mom and Pascal are sitting with the other parents and their kids. My mom is talking to the mother of the boy who fell in the slick spot outside. He's sitting beside her with teary eyes and a long snot coming out of his nose. Gross. <laughs> Miss Christie takes Mom aside so they can have a conversation in whispers. So I take Pascal aside and have a conversation in <laughs> whispers. Two can play at that game. I know Christy is telling my mother about emotional... Um, repression. repression And my mom is asking Miss Christy about Pharmaceutical solutions <laughs> Pharmaceutical
1: solutions you my,
0: say My mother likes
1: pharmaceutical <laughs> solutions Every mother likes pharmaceutical solutions
0: I ask Pascal what DNR stands for Then I have to ask him what resuscitate, <laughs> resuscitate means. <laughs> means Sounds like I'm not going to be seeing Miss Christy anymore I want to warn her but I don't know what to warn her about Is it a bad fall? Does she have a heart attack? She looks healthy enough. I wish I got a fuller picture when I see things before they happen. But then, does it even matter? Nobody ever listens to me. Mom wants me to stop making things up to explain the bad stuff that seems to always happen around me. Dad thinks I'm cursed and causing these things to happen. They sleep in separate beds now. Dad spends lots of time in the garage, drinking and banging on Roger's drum set. I wonder if Miss Christie will go to purgatory like Roger. Miss Christie turns to me and flashes her fake smile.
1: See you next Tuesday, okay, Lily?
0: I fake smile back at her and shaking my head sadly. Okay. Maybe I am cursed. Either way, I don't need a therapist.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a there's a morality, there's a there's a morality cause going on in her mind, saying you know is it even worth, is it even worth telling anyone about?
0: Yeah.
1: Is is their existence worth pointing this out? Am I a bystander? Do I have the ability to change things? Are things inevitable? You know these these are all questions that I I do think that by acting on them she is more more or less causing them, but yeah. if but if she isn't cause she like actively caused Rogers death and, and, and that was, that was kind of the, the I weird mean, the weird thing about that one. Yeah. If, if she hadn't started screaming and the dad hadn't turned around, you know, um, I, I feel like she had a hand in that one. If she's nowhere at her therapist's house at her therapist's time of death, you know, is that, is that still the same thing?
0: I mean I guess you can like I feel like the doll certainly has, has Oh you think you're, fingers. You're, you still think there's something going on with the doll. Yeah. I, okay. I think the doll's fucking cursed. You think I we're think dealing it's demons? With demons? <laughs> yeah,
1: I think it's demons. <laughs> the joke the joke before we started recording this folks is that even though um there were parts of the ABC's series I did with uh Where Am I? Um we just uh you know, we wanted it to be some type of, you know, long form story of a family's kind of madness yeah. devolving over a town and, you know, kind of causing everything to go
0: evil. But it was just. We had, like, sort of expectations, not necessarily expectations, but sort of expectations. expectations. But it wasn't even <laughs> that we had expectations, it's that we had um, sort of, uh, what's it called? Uh, standards? Not standards there's it, it is kind of like yeah.
1: standards though because as we're telling yeah, exactly. these stories and it's just the getting first worse three and worse. parts yeah i think it was like five parts long and the first three yeah, parts are really, all just really like, good. are all just like monsters weird happenstance yeah. people murdering people and, and then, then, then the apart. last one is like the the, the 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 middle the middle to last is like there's something going on here and then it ends with was demons and then the entire last part is just all was demons Mm. angel versus demon war, I think was literally one of the last paragraphs. Yeah. And I was like, the,
0: the problem that I had with it sucks. is that yeah, it didn't tie in anywhere. No, it like no. this, at least they're sort of mentioning it, right? He Roger stuck in purgatory. Oh, and yeah. They talk there's, about there's Pascal a religious being, undertone running yes.
1: throughout this entire thing.
0: So I'm more okay with this being demons, even though obviously we don't want it to demons. be demons. Yeah. I feel um, like
1: that's like a bumper sticker. For, yeah, for, just was demons. Was demons. I'm much
0: more accepting of it here because it makes sense. You know what I yeah, mean?
1: Yeah, if it binds to the plot and becomes yeah. a, a thing, I'm okay with it. I read a series with frowns, like, right after reading that with you. So we re- we read that, and then we read Curiosity Kills the Cat, um, which was a guy just telling short stories of weird mm-hmm. things happening all over the country. Um, and that was, yeah that, that was, was the one much like the same thing, but it was yeah. like straight up supernatural.
0: It was a little bit more, um, disconnected too. Cause wasn't it, Hey, this weird thing happened to me and I, posted I went to online, this and, guy here. Yeah. yeah. And like now yeah. all of a sudden these people are bringing me these stories. Here's some stories. Right. And then
1: I read a series with, um, McBoohoo where, um, I, the story was about, so you and I had read Alzheimer's, which ended up being demons and then I ended up reading a story literally about Satan, with frowns, mm-hmm. and that one was so much was demons that it like fried my fucking soul.
0: Yeah,
1: and like the story was cheeky and fun, but it was also like three episodes long, and I was just like, this could have been summed up in a half hour. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, that wasn't that wasn't in this last season, but it's left a like was demons. Like, hashtag in my soul, sure, and like I feel it now. I mean, we're I wouldn't be able to tell you what the last was demons story I read. Maybe that solo three parter I did could be chalked up to was demons, but um, man, I was hoping for like a cult, <laughs> I was hoping mm-hmm. for like a Rosemary's Baby type of thing,
0: but and it still just might be schizophrenia, it's still, yeah,
1: I, like hey. Hey, if it dedicates and does the Fight Club thing, I'm on board.
0: Yeah, if, absolutely. If, if
1: Pascal is a part of her mind that's yep. just been fragmented,
0: like and maybe that's why they shit. they say she can't bring it in because maybe Pascal's not even real.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe she, it's... she talks through Pascal. Yeah, my name is Lily Mad Whip, and I wish everybody would just stop dying. <laughs> I'm gonna sing a, a I'm gonna sing a popular Beatles song with a bunch of celebrities. It's been three months since my brother Roger got turned into mashed potatoes by a semi. It's been five weeks since my therapist discovered she developed an allergy to shellfish. It's been two days since my mom and I picked out this hamster that I named Whiskers because it's got so many whiskers and now Whiskers (laughs) is lying upside down in his hamster wheel with his feet curled up and his little mouth hanging open. He's got big buck teeth. Maybe I should have named him Buck.
0: I either think she has ADHD or the writer has ADHD. (laughs) Or both.
1: (laughs) I did not see this coming. How am I even going to explain this to my mom? I want to say some swears, but I'm out of quarters for the swear jar because I spent my last two at the grocery store in one of those gumball machines. Only instead of gumball, I got a plastic paratrooper with a parachute who's currently dangling from the branches outside a tree outside my bedroom shit (laughs) you could say it (laughs) shit dear swear jar i owe you one quarter pascal sits on my art table holding a red crayon because his hands are perfectly molded for holding something like that i set him down earlier to doodle but he didn't draw anything i made a still life using watercolors i like still lifes. i always include pascal in my work The one I did today was a bowl of fruit and a vase because I saw a painting in a museum and people like fruit and vases in their art. My mom is at the office today. She's an executive. I asked what an executive does and she says they execute people. (laughs) Then she and dad laughed. I don't know what execute meant, but at that time, but I, you know, I found out later, so in school when we had to write about our parents I wrote that my dad was a music teacher (laughs) and my mom was an assassin (laughs) Mr. Porter gave me a check mark but wrote that next time I should follow the assignment Dad's in the garage right now I can hear him through the door tapping on Roger's drum set as I carry whiskers to the kitchen to get one of the little plastic food containers mom buys in bulk for me to bury pets in (laughs) Normally, my dad is in his workroom trying to write music, but he hasn't done a lot of that since Roger died.
0: Yeah, like clearly death is just surrounding this girl.
1: It's following her like a fucking friend. (laughs) He said he's working on a dirge. Apparently, that's a piece where you go to the liquor store at midnight, then come home and drink out of the snare drum. I only know this. Oh, I'm on one of those too. (laughs) I only know this because I woke up once and went downstairs to see what the noise was. I'm not a fan of dirges. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> whiskers is a little too fat for the plastic container but if i squish top down i can make it seal i run back upstairs to get pascal in my jacket i need to hurry because dad's gonna hurt himself by accident soon and come into the kitchen get angry and bloody looking for neosporin and if he sees me with another dead pet he's gonna wig out it's warm out today and the ground feels soft mom keeps gardening tools in the shed and i grab a trowel my next door neighbor Jamal is in the backyard climbing a tree by the fence that separates our houses. He sees me and waves. You should never wave while climbing trees. That's how people fall out of trees. What so are wa- you
0: doing? <laughs> so I
1: wave back. <laughs> I call to him. There's a thing in the branches near your house. He points at my bedroom window. That's my plastic paratrooper. I say. Finders keepers. Jamal laughs, climbing up several more branches that reach over our fence. I don't think this is going to end
0: well. Pascal agrees. These kids are both ass faces. Just saying. Yeah, that's fair. You're going to fall and die, Jamal. I
1: warn him. And Jamal freezes on the branch. He looks at me and for a second I see the branch he's on snap. And he lands on the fence and the wood slats impale him. And he lays there, flopped, halfway across the fence, and stares at me, at what point Dad is going to come out and say, Jesus
0: fucking Christ.
1: What did you do now, Lily? And then I'm going to go to adult jail and, well, maybe I'll get a trial first. Well, the branch doesn't snap, and Jamal slowly, carefully shimmies back down to his side. A moment later, he peers at me through one of the holes in the fence. Was I really going to die? He asks. Yes. I don't actually know that.
0: You want to help me bury my hamster?
1: Okay. Jamal goes around to the front yard and comes up our driveway. I like Jamal because he listens to me. He's a year older than I am and he goes to a different school because his parents are Catholic. He always has to wear a tie to school. Roger's head would have exploded if he had to wear a tie every day. What happened to Whiskers? Jamal asks, looking at my hamster, mushed into a container.
0: He ran himself to
1: death. I don't actually know if that's true, but it seems plausible.
0: Can you do
1: that? Absolutely. Mom marked out a section of the backyard by the woods for me to bury pets. It's behind her garden where she apparently grows dandelions and those weeds with pointy leaves. If you go into the woods, it eventually comes out at a highway. Roger used to go into the woods with his air rifle and shoot soda cans with his friends Skeeter and Dustin. They tried to take Pascal once and were going to use him for target practice, but I grabbed him back and hid under the porch until they gave up. There's a lot of spiders under the porch. I don't like going under the porch anymore. Jamal holds Pascal and whispers and whiskers plastic coffin while I start digging a hole between Raphael, my Ninja Turtle, and the goldfish I never named. Raphael got stuck on his back with his head underwater (laughs) and drowned I didn't even think turtles could drown the goldfish I never named got some sort of disease called ick and fell apart and then the parts got sucked up into the filter so all that we buried was its head every pet has a story but it would take too long to tell them all I'm tired of digging so Jamal takes over he's much better at digging than me but that's because he helps his dad shovel snow in the winter my dad uses a snowblower He always offers to use it for Jamal's family driveway, but Jamal's dad always says that shoveling is good for him. It definitely pays off when you've got a hamster to bury. Once the hole is dug not too deep, we put Whisker's coffin in and Jamal offers to say a prayer.
0: That's okay, he was just a hamster, I tell Jamal. Animals have souls too,
1: Jamal says. So do plants. I wonder if Whisker's soul is still in his body. Is he in purgatory like Roger? I always wonder if this means Jamal says a prayer before eating broccoli. I filled a hole with, with dirt we dug and pat it down. I'll need a couple popsicle sticks to make a marker, so I offer Jamal a popsicle. Hey, Louie, look! Jamal points into the woods, and there's a bunny rabbit watching us. It's gray and almost matches the color of the tree it's leaning against. Oh, it's not leaning. Oh. Oh. Is, is it dead? Jamal whispers. Of course it is. Pascal tells me not to go into the woods, but Jamal is going into the woods now. And Jamal is the only person that's nice to me. So I follow him. He stops at the bunny and nudges it with his shoe. Oh, hey, Jamal got new shoes. They're blue and they got big swoops on them. I didn't even notice before. The bunny crumples over. It looks like a pile of fur now. Jamal kneels down to see if it's wounded or something, and I notice a couple black birds and a brush beside us. They're also dead.
0: I don't see any
1: blood on it. Says Detective Jamal. I use my boot to brush some leaves over the dead birds. What the heck? Jamal is standing up again, and he's staring further into the trees. Lily, go home, Pascal tells me. But I don't go home I'm sorry, Pascal Jamal steps past the bunny And crunches through the shrubs And sticks until he comes to a big pair of branches Laying on the forest floor Except they aren't branches Jesus It's a deer One of the male ones like Bambi With big antlers Its eyes are gone and you can see into its head But it's dark in there So you really can't see anything But its eyes are just a pair of holes now. Its fur looks like it got run through a washing machine, it's all matted and slick, the whole thing is just laying there in the bushes with its head on sideways and its antlers sticking up, waiting for someone to trip and fall on him. What the heck is going on? Jamal's eyes are bugged out and he's visibly shaking. I wonder if it's possible for someone's eyes to literally pop out and then hang down their face like they do in the cartoons later i might draw a still life and put jamal in the background with his eyes popped out just to see what it would look like i look around us the ground is littered with dead birds i'm standing on one but i thought it was just squishy ground i feel bad using the word litter because that sounds like the birds are trash and they're not except for chickens i don't like chickens even if i was catholic i wouldn't say a prayer before eating chicken broccoli maybe but that seems weird There's other animals too, small ones mostly. The deer is the largest one we found, but we also found a couple raccoons and someone's cat with orange stripes. I think it belonged to the Millers down the street. There was a bunch of squirrels. Like, like a lot of squirrels. Like at first I thought maybe we could bury the animals, but then when I started counting the squirrels, I was like, no. There were little moles too, or voles. I don't know the difference but I know there's moles and then there's voles and they're somehow related like me and Rajan to our cousin Susie who got run over by a boat
0: I'm getting out of here
1: Jamal says with his eyes still bugging out and he runs back back to his backyard and down the driveway and into the house yelling
0: "Mom, Mom!
1: the whole way I take a moment to count the animals until I get to the squirrels and then I just give up and go back home I guess we're not doing popsicles Jamal's mom comes over later and talks to my dad. I like Jamal's mom. She always smells like coconuts. It's her shampoo. I don't tell her that Jamal's going to have nightmares tonight and wake her up screaming because telling her is not going to change it. She might think it's rude of me to say. Pascal suggests I go to my room and draw that still life I was thinking about while the adults talk, so I do. I see my dad go into the woods with jamal's mom from my bedroom window and they come out she's actually pretty calm but my dad is hysterical i don't mean that he's funny i mean that he's waking out dear swear jar i owe you two quarters when dad comes inside he calls mom at work and he's using his outside voice i hear him say angry things about me and my curse and pascal tells me not to worry and that it's not me but Pascal is always right. Isn't he? Bum, bum, bum. Isn't he? What do you think, Izzy? Um, yeah, I think Pascal is definitely an angel. I think Pascal is saying
0: it's not you. Pascal is definitely an angel.
1: I think Pascal is trying to protect her because he knows there's something, he know was demons is is floating around her.
0: Or Pascal is the one (laughs) doing all the killings. But then she's just a scapegoat and he's manipulating her. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. it could happen. Um. That's why I think Pascal is saying, don't worry, it's not you. Like, you're not the one killing all these people. I took
1: that as and he's saying, like, you know, don't take the heat for this. There's like a religious cult, you know, hanging outside, killing yeah. all these bodies for you because it helps the death, the death that's mm. following you. I don't know, but I like the story.
0: Same. My name is Lily Madwith, and I think my dad is trying to kill me. He put Brussels sprouts on my plate. I know for a fact that Brussels sprouts are poison. Pascal says they're not, but they sure taste like it, I think. I never ate real poison, obviously. Uh, My brother, Roger, once knew a kid who drank so much cinnamon that he had to go to the hospital because it was eating the inside of his tummy. And that's what it feels like when I eat Brussels sprouts. Like they're eating away at my insides. Eat your breakfast, Lily. My mom tells me. They are both trying to kill me. Brussels sprouts aren't even a breakfast. What kind of parent makes their kid eat Brussels sprouts for breakfast? I ask them this question.
1: What kind of parents make their child eat Brussels sprouts for breakfast? You were told last night if you didn't eat them with your dinner, you were getting them cold in the morning.
0: Dad says behind his newspaper, Oh, yeah. Brussels sprouts taste like garbage. I haven't eaten garbage either, but I've smelled it. It smells like Brussels sprouts. Lillian Alexandra Madwip. Adults use their middle name. When they're trying to make you do things. And somehow it works. Middle names are magic. Anyone who knows yours has power over you. That's probably why some people don't have middle names. The most important people don't even have last names, like uh, Madonna and Jesus and Garfield. <laughs> Whenever they catch a killer, they tell everyone the person's middle name so if they escape, anyone who sees them knows how to protect themselves. <laughs> Dad throws down his newspaper and storms off to his room, to his workroom with his coffee. He and mom had a big fight after Jamal and I found all the dead animals out in the woods the other day. I heard them from my room where I was painting a still life. Dad said things and people around me keep dying and stuff about me being creepy. And mom said I'm his daughter. So if I'm creepy, I get it from him. Uh, Then she got on her phone. And called people who came and collected all the dead animals in big garbage bags There was a whole crew like six people They had these huge thick gloves on and wore masks like you see doctors wear when they're operating on someone One lady had a clipboard and she wrote down every animal they found there were 23 and a half squirrels (laughs) and a half things got worse when mom came to tuck me into bed because I'd forgotten to tell her that Whiskers had died. All the yelling and banging of the doors and the van parked on the front lawn and the garbage bags I didn't remember what started all until she kissed me goodnight and saw the empty cage. Then everything started right back up again, except for the van and the people with garbage bags. I sure hope they don't come back and dig up all my pets. I take the bus to school. Our bus driver's name is Ed. He's been driving buses for 30 years. 34 years to be exact. But not the same bus, because buses grow old too. He says his son was in the army, and now he works as a layabout? I think that means he's in the circus. (laughs) I bet he's got a job as the guy who shoots trapeze people out of a cannon because he was in the army. That's how that works. At morning recess, I sit on one of the benches, by the baseball diamond, and watch a bunch of 6th graders play kickball. Jamal is playing with them. His school is down the street, and he's a couple. he and a couple other Catholic kids hang out and play with us most mornings because their school starts 15 minutes later. He looks happy for someone who still has nightmares about dead deer and birds banging and screaming in his bedroom window. He's going to kick the ball straight at Tyler O'Neill and hit Tyler right in the crotch. <laughs> I'm amused because I get to see it happen twice. Pascal is in my backpack. He tells me I shouldn't laugh at other people's pain, but when Tyler gets hit in the crotch, Pascal agrees that it is a little funny. There's a new girl in our class. Her name is Meredith. Miss CD, that's our teacher, has her stand up in front of the class and introduce her. CD stands for Carter Dog Bill. She's got two last names. That probably makes it harder for other people to have power over her. Unless she's got no middle name, Miss C.D. used to just be Miss Carter. Then she got married to somebody with the last name Dog Bill. And she just nailed his name at the end of hers. Meredith just moved to town. She's real shy because she's got these marks on half of her face. She covers them with her hair, but it's easy to see. Jeffrey Baker asks her what happened to her face and gets in trouble. Trouble in our class is, th- is these demerit slips you get for doing nothing wrong. Or for doing something wrong. Three demerit slips in a week, and you get to talk to the principal, Mr. Longbow. He yells a lot, and his face is always red from yelling. Meredith's face is red, too. Pascal says she got burned. I wonder if she's a pyromaniac. That's somebody who's crazy about fire. I mean, literally crazy. There was a boy in Roger's grade who was a pyromaniac, and he went camping with his Boy Scout troop, saw a spider in his tent, and tried to kill it (laughs) with hairspray and a cigarette lighter. He got burns all over his body because the tent caught fire with him inside. Not a good plan. Miss CD asks all of us what to say to Meredith and nobody knows until Hannah guesses. Hello? And then we're all like, oh yeah. It's pretty funny, but nobody knew what Miss CD was talking about. I was going to guess. Sorry you got burned, but I'm not supposed to know that, I think. Miss CD makes Meredith sit next to me in the back of the room. Pascal tells me to be very nice because new kids are scared. I was going to be nice anyway. I make sure to blink a lot because I don't want her to think I'm staring at her burns. Uh, They make her face look kind of waxy, like a candle. Hi, I'm Lily. I tell her new kids are the best because I haven't freaked them out yet. I know. Oh, I don't know how she knows that. Maybe some other kids already told her about me. Uh, I hope it wasn't Rachel, whose dog died from seizures. Meredith pulls stuff out of her backpack. She's got a green pencil that's all glittery and has a rainbow eraser. Her notebook is three subjects, so it's already three times better than mine. She pulls out a Barbie doll and sets it on the front of her desk like I do with Pascal, and this thing is horrifying. It's got no clothes at all, half its hair is missing, and there's a black scorch mark on its face. And one of its hands is melted into a lump. I can't help it. I gotta stare at this doll. This is Barbie. Meredith says and turns her Barbie toward me. Oh god, its face is kind of melted too. I make Pascal salute Barbie. This is Pascal. Then I feel bad because Barbie doesn't have articulated limbs like Pascal and her hand is a lump anyway. Meredith sits next to me at lunch. Nobody else sits by me so new kids usually end up there but she doesn't just sit at the table, she sits next to me. She's a purple lunch block with with planets and comets on it. I have a paper bag with my name on it and Sharpie. Her lunch is a peanut butter sandwich and some carrot sticks and a plastic bottle with lemonade and oh my god, she has Oreos. I've got a high C and some blue corn chips and a pepperoni and mustard sandwich. My dad snuck more cold Brussels sprouts into my lunch. I can't tell if it's meant to be a joke or not. I swear he's trying to kill me. Meredith asks permission from the lunch monitor to go use the bathroom, and she leaves her melted Barbie and Oreos with me. Not like I get to keep them, but she says she trusts me to protect them. The moment she's gone, though, her Barbie starts talking. It tells me his name is Nathaniel. I've never met another doll that speaks to me like Pascal does. If it's an angel like Pascal, and it says it is... I wonder if every doll has an angel in it. That would be a lot of angels. But I guess they just run out God can make some more. I ask Nathaniel if Meredith knows he's an angel and if he minds being melted Barbie with boobies. No and no. He then tells me that Meredith has a gift like me. I ask him if she sees things like before they happen. He says that she doesn't. He says her gift is that she burns things.
1: Like a pyromaniac? Kind of. Has she ever burned a spider in a tent?
0: No. She burned her parents, though. Burned them right up. They're not even buried, like Roger is. They're ashes, and they got scattered in a park. He says Meredith lives with a foster family now, and they don't know that she burns things. They try to be nice to her, and she's always sad because she knows she burns up folks and she misses them. It's okay for her to be sad, Nathaniel says. If she gets angry, I need to get away. That's when she starts burning things. Meredith comes back and Nathaniel goes quiet. She looks happy because I guarded her Oreos and melted Barbie. But now I'm scared because what if someone hits her with the dodgeball in gym class and she sets us all on fire? The boys want to play dodgeball all the time because it's the only time they can hit us girls and not get in trouble. The bell rings for an afternoon recess and Meredith lets me have one of her Oreos. Because all I got left are Brussels sprouts. Do you want to play on the swings? She asks. Okay. I'm sweating the whole time. We're swinging. Out of fear. Not because Meredith is hot. I don't know how she burns things. Nathaniel didn't tell me. I think she uses her mind, but maybe she has laser eyes like Superman and Cyclops. Those are comic book characters, though. They're not real. Lisa Welch and her crew of jerk girls start coming over. She always looks smug. Probably because she is smug. Her dad is a dentist, so her teeth are always perfect. And she likes to show them off by smiling at everyone. Even people she hates, like me. I'm probably going to need braces. (laughs) I know Lisa and her friends are going to make fun of Meredith because making fun of people who look different is their favorite thing to do after chasing the boys around the diamond while they're trying to play kickball and telling each other stories about stupid stuff their parents bought them like uh, briar horses and jewelry with their names on it in case they forget their stupid names. Stupid Lisa Welch and her crew of jerk girls. Hi, Lily. Lisa says. She makes it sound like she's singing when she says it. Hi. I guess that's how smug people do things.
1: Who's your new friend?
0: I hop off the swings and stare at Lisa because I'm good at staring.
1: If you don't go away, Uh, you're going to trip and break your front tooth on a rock.
0: I'm lying. But Lisa Welch and her crew of jerk girls don't know I'm lying. They just know I tell people things before they happen. She covers her precious mouth and starts to run away. But then she trips and falls on her face and... Next thing you know, she's crying and clutching her face and bleeding from the mouth, and they're all yelling to one of the recess monitors that I put a curse on her. I'm just shocked.
1: Lily Madwip put a curse on Lisa.
0: They're all crying. Lisa's wailing like a banshee. That's an Irish ghost that screams Mm. all the time. I saw it in an episode of Scooby-Doo. Principal Longbow comes out of nowhere steaming because he's always red in the face like his brain is boiling or something. I think he used the ability to teleport because he's never there, and then the moment somebody breaks a rule, he's suddenly right there. He starts yelling at me. Lily, did you push Lisa? Come with me, young lady. Meredith hops off her swing. Lily didn't touch her. Excuse me. Professor Principal Longbow (laughs) isn't used to kids actually saying things to him besides crying or wetting their pants in pure terror.
1: Lily just told her to go away and she fell on her own.
0: By then the crew of jerk girls have hurried off with Lisa Welch and the recess monitor so none of them to refute this. Not that they could, I mean, that is really all I did. And I'm still kind of in shock though because I never thought that it happened before. I didn't see Lisa fall and break her stupid tooth. I told her it was gonna happen and then it happened. Even though I didn't actually think it would. What if I told Mr. Longbow To cluck like a chicken And he started clucking like a chicken That makes me giggle Mr. Longbone notices He didn't see my thoughts though So it's not funny to him I end up going to the office anyway He likes paintings of eagles They're all over his office I wonder if it's because he's bald Like the eagle Maybe he wishes he was a bald eagle (laughs) I have to tell him again That I didn't touch Lisa Welchbach And I told her to just go away And she tripped and fell And broke her tooth on her own I leave out the part where I told her that she'd trip and break her tooth before it happened. Mr. Longbow lets me go, but tells me to stay away from Lisa Welch. I had no intention of hanging out with her anyway. She and her crew of jerk girls all played with their expensive Briar dolls and make fun of Count Pascal because I got him from a thr- thrift shop. And he's an action figure. So what? I bet none of their dolls know how any- anything. When I get back to class, Meredith waves and smiles at me. Nathaniel, her melted Barbie angel, is sitting on her desk. I wave and smile back, but I'm still scared because if I'm going to be friends with Meredith, it feels like being friends with a shark. Maybe the shark likes you, but then maybe the shark is hungry and doesn't care. I hope she doesn't burn me. I spend the rest of the school quiet because I'm a little worried about saying things and making them happen. After school, I take the bus home. Pascal tells me that I need to be careful around Meredith. Yeah, I think I know that. He tells me there are things I don't know. I know that too. He tells me things are about to get much worse and that he's sorry. I don't know what he means. I get home and dad is in the backyard. He's dug up most of my pets. He's filling garbage bags with their remains. He says it's unsanitary to have so many dead things buried in the backyard. And they probably poisoned the grass, which killed the deer and the rabbit and the 23 and a half squirrels and the voles and the moles. But I point out that squirrels eat nuts, not grass. And there were raccoons, too. And besides, what about that half squirrel? What about that half squirrel, Dad? You're going. You're going to put my pets back. I tell him. He doesn't. I don't know why it worked on Lisa Welch, and not my dad. Instead, he tells me to go do my homework, and we're having pork chops and asparagus for dinner. Asparagus? I'm telling you, he's trying to kill me. (sighs) Not sure what to think. Meredith is
1: basically Firestarter, but um, not sure what to think about Nathaniel. Seems like some was demons to me. <laughs> uh, definitely some was demons. Um, Seems like some was demons.
0: I don't know. I it, clearly Pascal is is real. It's it's physical. I don't know it's if there. He, I don't know if he's. I don't think it's clear at all. Really?
1: Yeah. It could make, this could all be her imagination?
0: Yeah, but I feel like like the other girls making up, making fun of the doll. You know, like no, no, no. Pascal's an action figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the voices might be in her side of her head. Yes, that's what I'm saying. But I originally had a a, a, a sort of inkling that he was imaginary. If, if yeah, the whole thing no, was imaginary. No,
1: no, no, no. She she said he was physical, and I think even the first part. Because how how would Roger yeah. dropped her dropped him out the window.
0: But how would it it have gotten back? Like, you know, like they found out the accident. Yeah. I can see it being like the big brother knows that she imagines this thing and just kind of I got your thing. I feel
1: feel like it was literally implied, though. I I see what you're saying. It certainly was. But I think like, you know, now that we have Pascal to compare Mm -hmm. action figure to Barbie doll Nathaniel, um, there's going to be a development there. Yeah. And who's to say if more dolls just don't start showing up trying mm-hmm. to warn her about things? Um That would that would be interesting. I think it's Why would she be able to see death and see angels? But she said not all the things she sees come
0: true. Yeah. And not all the things she So she's, it's not
1: like... always death.
0: It's just because sometimes she can inter- interject with it, right? Like telling the kid, hey, Lisa. don't climb on the, the Lisa's, brand.
1: Lisa's an, inter- an an interesting case, though, because she said she didn't see that mm. and she was lying. She's made it up, yeah. Maybe she willed it. Yeah. In a little time, bit of column A, little a little bit of column B. In, in a time of need, she meredith, you know? hmm In a time of anger. Um, still very interesting. Um, we now have more powers, too with Firestarter Meredith.
0: It may have um, also been Meredith doing that and Lily put the the notion in Meredith's head while saying it out loud. Meredith going, Okay. Sure. Plunk. Sure. You know, I'm, obviously we know about I the I think that starting, one's gonna but, I think
1: that one's gonna pay off at some point. I feel like it's some type of Chekhov's gun where now that we know there's a little girl with a fire ability, it's gonna go off at some yeah.
0: point. Oh know? yeah.
1: Um but, yeah, interesting. We, we shall continue. Oh, well, there you go. My name is Lily Madwip, and I saw the Angel of Death. <laughs> That's, that sounds like Was <laughs> Demons. Was Demons. <laughs> Did you take a bath last night, Lily? That is not the Angel of Death. That is my mother. Maybe sometimes she acts like the Angel of Death, though. More often, she acts like Anubis. He's a god from Egyptian mythology. I read a big book on Egyptian mythology last year during library. It was huge and had full-color illustrations. I love full-color illustrations. Maybe I'll be an illustrator when I grow up. Anubis has a dog for a head, not a full dog, but a dog's head, just the head. He would take people when they died and weigh their heart on a scale with a feather. If your heart weighed less than a feather, you got to go on to paradise or something. I don't think anybody could really pass that test. In health class, Mr. Poyer said our heart is about the size of our hand clenched into a fist and weighs almost a pound. I'm pretty sure a feather doesn't weigh that much. Maybe an ostrich feather. Maybe that's why ostriches can't fly, because their feathers are so heavy. I wonder if they had ostriches in ancient Egypt.
0: Yes, I took a bath
1: last night. You brushed my hair, remember? Mom does that thing where she touches her chin like
0: it activates her brain. Oh, now I remember. Well... You don't smell like you took a bath. I sniff myself. That's my clothes. They didn't take a bath. Oh, Lily, go change into clean clothes. I don't want you smelling like this. We're going to the mall today. Yes, I love
1: the mall. There's a carousel at the food court, and you could ride it for like five minutes for just a dollar. Of course, When you're on the carousel, it feels like just a minute, but then you're waiting in line, and you can tell it's five minutes. Also, someone has a good sense to put a candy store right next to a toy store. That person deserves a raise. I jump to my feet and run upstairs to get change.
0: Can we go to the pet store?
1: I call down to my mom. Ever since Roger got turned into mincemeat, my mom has been letting me get away with things she didn't used to. I know if I beg enough, she'll probably get me a new hamster or maybe a turtle. I still have two Ninja Turtles names left to use. No snakes though. She says if I ever bring home a snake, she's kicking me out to go live with it outside. Mom sighs.
0: Just to look, you're not getting a new pet. Your last one barely lasted a week. That wasn't my fault. It never is. I hear her
1: say to herself, but I wonder if she believes it. Sometimes I wonder if I believe it. I I come back down in clean clothes. Pascal is tucked under my arm, dapper as always. My dad is putting on his shoes and coat and notices me.
0: Leave the doll, Lily.
1: I hug Pascal. What? No. I'm not leaving Pascal. He's my angel. That would be like Wren without Stimpy or Gilligan without Skipper. Mom pets my head and starts doing that thing where she slowly tries to pull Pascal out of my hand like a crocodile hunter, trying not to get bit by a crocodile. I only bit her once, but I was six and she's never forgotten. (laughs) I thought that was the point of biting people so they don't forget. Anyway, I'm not going to bite her now. I was
0: thinking it would just be the two of us today. Just some mother-daughter time. How does that sound? What about dad? Dad stands up. I've got a lot of things to do around the house, starting with reseeding the backyard. I can't
1: believe he dug up my entire pet cemetery. He let me keep the shells left over from Raphael and Donatello, my Ninja Turtles, but only after he ran them through the dishwasher. I put them on my dresser in their honor, along with a stick I broke to look like a bow staff for Donatello. I couldn't find sticks that look like Raphael's size. Sighs are like little pitchforks, so they can share the bow staff i don't want to leave pascal but mom and dad are against taking him they got that look parents get when one is ready to tag the other in if it's if i start to throw a fuss okay i mutter
0: but let me talk to him first
1: i know they're both looking at each other like i'm crazy but i don't care pascal tells me it's okay i set him on my spot on the dining room on the dining table facing the door so he'll know the second i'm home of course he always knows that anyway that's what pascal does He knows. Everything.
0: Everything.
1: Mom says the mall is 20 minutes away. Without Pascal to talk to, it feels like an hour. I try talking to my hand, but I see Mom giving me looks in the mirror and I don't want to add to her thinking that I'm crazy. Instead, I look out the window. There's a guy walking a dog. I want a dog. But then I see that the dog is going to poop and the guy is going to have to pick it up with his hand inside of a bag and I decide maybe I don't want a dog. Cats are cleaner. Dad's allergic to cats, though. They lick themselves, and then their saliva dries up, and it turns into dandruff, and you get to pet them, and their dandruff gets petted off, and people inhale it. In my dad's case, it makes his nose clog up, and he sneezes constantly. My Aunt Hazel has 12 cats. Dad doesn't come with us when we visit her. She lives in Oklahoma anyway, and that's a long way off. When we get to the mall, it's packed. Mom circles the parking spaces near the Macy's several times trying to find a space. I don't know why she doesn't just park in one of the thousand empty spaces further out. There are other people doing the same thing as us. Some sort of game grown-ups like to play. Like musical chairs, only with parking spots. I heard you made a new friend at school. Mom says as we finally walk to the store. Maybe. I don't want to talk to her about Meredith, because I might mention her burning people, or her melted Barbie Nathaniel. Sometimes when I talk about things, I just say stuff without thinking about it, and then I find out I shouldn't have said it. Maybe if I hadn't told Roger he was going to die, he wouldn't
0: have died. I got a call from your principal that said you were in his office because of an altercation. I don't know what that is. It sounds like some sort of vacation where you turn into an animal. Did you get into a fight with Lisa Welch? No, I told her to go away, and she ran off and fell on her face, and then her friend said I did it.
1: I don't mention that I told her that she was going to break her teeth and then she broke her teeth. I especially don't mention that I had made it up, but it happened anyway.
0: So you didn't touch her? I shake my head. Is that why we're at the mall? Are you going to abandon me here? My
1: mom laughs. I don't think it's funny, though. Some parents do that to their kids. They take them somewhere far off and just drop them off and go home. I saw a cartoon once where someone did that to their dog. They pretended they were going on a picnic, then threw the dog a stick to fetch, and while the dog was fetching the stick, they piled all the stuff back up into the car and drove away. I wanted to find
0: some new clothes for you, that's all. You're growing out of the ones you have. That's
1: not true. I don't think I'm growing at all. We have a chart on the inside of the kitchen doorway where mom and dad used to have roger and me stand up straight and then they would make a mark with pencil and then write our name and our age to show our height i don't think mine has moved an inch in over a year roger's last measurement was back in august sometimes dad stands there and stares at it and gets real sad and then goes and works on a dirge we walked by the food court there's like a hundred kids waiting to ride the carousel I hope they clear out by the time we come back because I like to get on a ride and then run back in line and get on the next one over and over until Mom makes me stop. The longest i pulled it off was like a half hour only. I had five dollars, but the girl who worked the carousel told me that I was such a good customer that I got my next ride for free as long as it was my last. Oh, shoot. I
0: didn't loot my piggy bank before we left. I forgot my money, I tell Mom. Don't worry, honey. I've got cash if you want to ride the merry-go-round later. She is being highly suspicious with her generosity.
1: Normally, if I forget to bring money, I'm SOL, as Mom says. That stands for something bad, but I don't say the S word, so it doesn't count. I'm not allowed to say SOL, though, at least to other people. There's a lady with four kids hanging on to her dress and she's carrying a tray of food. She's going to trip over one of the kids and spill all this stuff on her tray that she just paid for. Like any second now. Oh god, maybe I should help her. But what if I run over and startle her and she trips and he spills the stuff anyway. And that's my fault instead of her kid's fault. I don't want to get in trouble. No one's going to get seriously hurt. It's just going to be loud. And there's going to be yelling and crying. And sometimes I wish I couldn't see these things before they happen. Let's hurry. I grab Mom's sleeve and try to pull her past the food court to get away before it goes down. What on earth is your hurry? She asks. Well, then the lady trips behind us and Mom turns to see the commotion as the tray bangs on the floor and the soda spills on her kid's head and he starts crying and she shrieks in panic and everyone's stopping and looking except me because I already saw it happen. And I think my mom pieces it together a bit, that my rush had something to do with the lady spilling on the floor. Then she comes to the wrong conclusion. Lily, really?
0: did you make that happen?
1: She looks at me, and she's got a kind of mix of fear and concern in her eyes. Not anger, thank goodness. No, what do you mean? She goes back to convincing herself that things are normal.
0: N- never mind, I um just thought,
1: uh, not nothing... The sound of the lady yelling and her kids crying seems to fade away but it's not like we're walking away kind of thing it's more like someone twisted the knob on the radio and turned down the sound kind of deal i look back over my shoulder and i see her grabbing a handful of napkins and trying to wipe her son off and there's the son with his mouth open bawling but the entire scene looks like i'm watching it through a tv and someone pressed the mute button It's not just me, either. Other people are looking around, kind of confused, and I see a guy on his cell phone, and his lips are moving, but then he holds to the phone to look at it, and, and, and he looks at it like it burned him, and he adjusts his necktie, and seems to cough, but there's no sound, so he starts talking really loudly, and maybe it sounds like a muffled shout? Where did the sound go? I look up at my mom, who doesn't seem to notice, and I call her name. Mom, but nothing comes out My voice is gone Mom, can you hear me? She turns to look at me And I think for a moment she can hear me But she flashes me a smile And then looks away Maybe I'm going deaf Why can't I hear anything? After we pass a kiosk selling phone cases The sound comes back The sound comes back It feels like being trapped In a soundproof box And then kicking the lid off And finding yourself at a dinner party Mom stops, still holding my hand, and looks at me. That was weird. Did it just get louder? She says. I nod. I couldn't talk. She ignores what I just said. How strange. She's going to come up with some explanation for what just happened, I know it. She always does. Sometimes I think I could melt the car with my brain, and she'd tell me it must have been sunspots. Or something. I can't actually melt the car with my brain I can't even pop popcorn Maybe when we go back to the food court I can have some popcorn Only now, I kind of don't want to go back to the food court Because something strange is going on there Puppies I see the pet store They keep all the puppies and kittens in glass boxes Right out front so people can look at them You're not supposed to actually buy from those kinds of stores Because someone said they can get their puppies from Puppy mills I thought mills were used to grind up grain I read that in a book wouldn't a puppy mill grind up puppies? Poor puppies. Maybe these were rescued from being ground up. I don't know what people would say, what what people would use puppy powder for, but some countries grind all different parts of animals up for medicine. Mom says that's barbaric.
0: Can we look at pets before we
1: shop? I beg. Please? Mom looks across
0: the mall at a makeup store. I'll tell you what. I'm going to step into Sephora, You can look at the animals, but don't touch. When I'm done in there, we go get you some new clothes. Deal? Can we also stop by
1: the toy store? I ask. This is actually a trick. I know that if I can get her to the toy store, she'll go into the candy store as a reward for herself.
0: We'll see what time it is when we're done.
1: Well played, Mom. now i have to weigh my options do i go look at the kitties first because they're so cute or do i go look at the snakes because i know if i'm looking at them last when mom comes back she'll see them and any chance of negotiating a new pet goes right out the window i don't really need to see the snakes they're cute when they're small but some get big and they can eat you i don't know how big the garter snakes get i think i heard about a snake getting flushed on the toilet and growing to the size of the sewer pipes they made a movie out of it called anaconda or something I'm going to look at turtles in the back first because those are my safest bet for getting a new pet And if I look at the puppies last I know mom will say no But then I can ask to show her the turtles already have one picked out And she'll say yes uh, to just be happy that it's not a puppy There's a big turtle who I could totally name Leonardo I just gotta make sure he never learns what happened to Donatello and Raphael Otherwise he might not want to come live with me Everybody else in the store is running to the front I wonder what's going on I walk over to the kitties and puppies section. I see a pair of EMTs run past, pulling one of those stretchers they lay sick or injured people on. Oh, did somebody get hurt? They're running back to the food court. I wonder if the lady or one of her kids ended up getting injured from the incident with the food tray. I can hear one EMT calling onto her walkie-talkie device.
0: Upgrade to priority one. Send another unit. Possible priority two on scene. (laughs) It was a woman.
1: I don't know what any of that means, but it sounds urgent. Everybody clearing out of their way as they run down the hall. Her radio (laughs) squawks in a response that I can't hear, and then they're both out of sight. The rest of the people in the pet store start talking to each other all at once about if anyone knows what's going on. I see Mom across the way in the entrance to Sephora, and she looks back at me, then back down the way the EMTs ran, then back at me, waves, and goes back inside. Something bad is coming i feel it it's not a knowing like i usually do it's a feeling i don't know what it is but there's something strong and angry and it's coming i've never felt something like this before and it scares me i back into the pet store bumping into a shelf full of bags of dog treats and now i have to pick them all up because i pick up after myself stupid dog treats Oh, right. Something bad is coming. I almost forgot. Now I see it. I don't see the bad thing, but I see the people in front of the store, and they're all looked shocked and horrified. They're looking at me like, what did you do? But I didn't do anything. I just knocked over some dog treats, and that's not it. I didn't do it. I whisper. Why are they looking at me like that? Why are all the pets lying down? Why is the snake lying so limp on its branch? Why aren't the puppies moving? None of the puppies are moving It's my fault It's all my fault It's all The mall thoroughfare is dark I don't think anybody else can see it It's not like the lights went out It's more like a fog, but it's black And it's coming down like octopus tentacles Slithering and filling the mall I'm scared I wish Pascal was here Pascal wouldn't know what this is He'd tell me to run Run, Lily, run I go out to the thoroughfare To the kiosk full of sunglasses I'm standing in the black fog And looking at it as it wraps around my legs And over my shoes And makes it so I can't see my feet And there's a man at the kiosk And he's got glasses with little magnifying lenses And he's a, he has a pocket protector With the little screwdrivers and pliers in it He sees me looking at my feet And asks me if I'm okay But he asks... As if the words fade away, like the radio dial got twisted again Everything gets silent, all the people standing around, still talking about the EMTs who ran past are talking to each other, but I can't hear them They sound like they're on the other side of the wall from me They slowly start to look confused As everything goes quiet And then I see her She's walking down the thoroughfare toward me, not looking at me, but looking around her with something of a similar look of confusion on her face As I probably got on mine The black fog is thickest at her feet and I can't see much of her lower half It's a lady with long black hair and dark skin She's got a big black coat on like they wear in old movies I saw one once when I snuck downstairs and crawled under one of the living room chairs and watched what my parents were watching The lady looks at her feet or where they should be then she looks up and sees me looking at her She's confused but she also seems suspicious I think she knows I'm seeing what she's seeing And she starts towards me I'm gonna owe the swear jar so many quarters The air is getting cold The man at the kiosk puts a hand on my shoulder Startling me and I jerk away I inch slowly back toward the pet shop Watching the lady watch me She's walking straight at me Stepping past people who seem to be yelling To try to hear each other And nobody notices her but me Please don't get near me Please And then I hear a voice it's calm Almost like a whisper It's in my head, but not in my ears It's like when Pascal is trying to talk to me The voice isn't coming from the lady's mouth But it's coming from somewhere on her Run, child It says I cannot stop her She doesn't understand Who are you? I yell, but nothing comes out of my mouth I am Duma Duma It says, we're not here for you You must run We cannot be this close to each other Run The lady is closing the distance between us She can't hear it, she can't hear the voice She sees me trying to scream, but nothing is coming out She's marching toward me to do something to me Maybe she thinks she's going to help me I think she's going to kill me She's only feet away The man at the kiosk with the glasses seems to get dizzy and stumbles back, clutching his arm. I turn and I run. I can't go into any of the stores. They're all dead ends. I can't go into Sephora. What if my mom comes in and my mother meets her? I don't understand what's going on. I just run the opposite direction of the lady in black. Mm -hmm. All the animals in the pet store have stopped moving. Everybody's pointing at them. And some of the employees are pushing past customers to see what's happening. Nobody's making a sound. There's no sound at all. It's like a silent movie. Some lady is holding a puppy and it's all flopped still in her arms and she's patting it and I don't think she realizes that it's dead yet. They're all dead. My mom comes out of her makeup store just in time to see me run past and I look at her and hope that I'm looking sufficiently scared for her to get to the message and I understand why I'm running. She mouths my name but no words come out and then she looks across the thoroughfare at the pet store and sees the commotion going on over there and I don't wait to explain. I just keep running, pushing my way past groups of people, trying to outrun the black fog snakes that are literally all over my feet I look back at the dark lady, and she stopped outside the pet shop She's looking directly at me, concerned, but isn't chasing me She looks at the glass case full of dead puppies and kittens, and then back at me, and then slowly backs away and disappears into the crowd i don't chance it i keep running i run until i reach the escalators by the sears and my legs are tired from running and i can't breathe i've been able to hear my own sobs for about a minute now and ever since i got out of range of the lady in her black smoke and whatever that duma the voice coming from her lily my mom finds me 10 minutes later she didn't run after me because she's got on heels and she probably figured i'd stop once i reached the escalator because i hate riding the escalator I'm always afraid I'm going to get my feet caught in and get sucked up into the machinery I've heard that that's happened to people Some lady in China fell into one and got ground up I don't know why people just don't take the stairs What happened, sweetie? She asks gently She doesn't usually sound so genuinely concerned I don't know what to tell her So I just try telling her the truth
0: There was this lady... She was dressed in black and there was this black fog all around her and she was coming after me because I could see her. But when she got close, all the puppies and kitties died, so I ran. She hugs me, but she doesn't
1: say anything. I can feel her start to cry and she squeezes me and I don't know if she believes me or not.
0: I didn't kill the animals, I swear. It wasn't me, I didn't do it. I cry too, and I hug her
1: back, and I I think deep down, I don't believe myself. If I hadn't been there, it wouldn't have happened. Duma said it. We can't be this close to each other. Poor Leonardo didn't even get a chance to be named. Mom walks me back outside to go to the car, and there's a bunch of ambulances parked near the front entrance. Some people are standing around, watching and gossiping. We hear a pair of ladies talking about an old man who had a heart attack while watching his granddaughter ride the carousel. There were others, too, but I don't hear the details. Just that several people had medical emergencies. The ambulances rush past with sirens and lights on as we're trying to get out to the highway.
0: And I think I shouldn't have come here today. We'll just order you new clothes online. How does that sound? Mom asks
1: me as we walk... As we watch the ambulances race through a red light I didn't do this Is all I say I know you didn't Lily. She tells me When we get home Pascal is not on the dining room table I go up to the room to see if dad moved him to my bed But he's not there either Dad is outside pulling up some weeds And dandelions from mom's garden I go outside and wait for him to take a break He doesn't like it if you try to talk to him When he's on a focused task
0: Did you move, Pascal?"
1: I ask him. He doesn't look angry, but he looks tired, like he hasn't slept in weeks. I don't think I've gotten to look my dad in the face in a long time. Not since Roger's funeral, at least. I remember
0: he gave a eulogy, and the whole time he looked at me as he read it. "'Your doll is put away for the time being,' he says. "'I was hoping maybe we could spend some time together instead. Do you want to help me garden?' I need to talk to Pascal. I really need to. I need
1: to know who Duma is. I'm so scared, but I can't let my parents know. You can talk to me, honey. I can't. I shake my head. He's not going to give me back Pascal. I know it. I already see him getting angry at me and yelling at me if I keep telling him I need Pascal, so instead... I run inside and up to my room, and I lie on my bed, and I cry. Where are you, Pascal?
0: Where am I?
1: You said you'd always be here. Kind of sad, but um,
0: yeah. I
1: think some... Uh, I think some was <laughs> some demons showed up to the mall.
0: Yeah, a little bit of teenage angst, a little bit of was demons... A little bit of. uh... I don't know if you
1: put the clues together from your prior chapter, but I believe she's in fifth grade, which puts her at about eleven. Yeah, 10, I would say like years old,
0: hitting that thirteen here shortly. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and you know, mm-hmm. in, in
1: high school you're fourteen to eighteen. So she yeah. she's she's right below that cusp, maybe a uh, ten, eleven, twelve, somewhere in there.
0: I know. Uh, seventh grade is probably when I started getting like the most angsty.
1: Um,
0: but it was, it was there in fifth grade.
1: I didn't enjoy fifth grade very much. I would say sixth through eighth is where I literally changed like everything about myself. Like, you know, they say, the the collective says that throughout your life, you're multiple different people. You Mm -hmm. just decide one day that you're not going to be the same person you were the day before, and you just kind of grow past that. Yeah. In, like, sixth grade, I got, like, I got my braces off, and I started putting on contacts. And I was like... Yeah. I'm done being this, like, socially awkward nerd. Sure. And then I grew, you know, I grew up through eighth grade.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I've actually been thinking about doing that recently and shaving off the beard. Just doing like a clean boy. Yeah,
1: I, I can never get rid of my beard, not unless I lose seventy five pounds. <laughs> yeah. That's but, kind
0: of not to get too too deep, but that's sort of what I want to do. Is I want to like force and convince myself to lose some weight
1: <laughs> by manipulating your your beard. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it hides the man in me. It it does. The last time I shaved my face, I looked in the mirror and went, holy fuck, I got (laughs) fat.
1: Oh, shit. But we are getting real with it. Yeah. I think even with this story, I think, like, we're Mm -hmm. getting, even at the end of part one, we're kind of, like there's an existentialism that Lily is tapped yeah. into where she's like why does death follow me
0: she's she's like it's not enough everybody looks at happening. me and maybe they're right like everybody looks yeah. at me funny and maybe yeah. there's a
1: reason there's a sadness there oh
0: yeah there's a
1: sadness there associated with man i really wish no that that was the title of the chapter right mm-hmm. i really wish people would stop dying around me Yeah. I, it's like I How unfortunate I've been very lucky in life To see death In very small amounts Yeah Like I've seen two people like die Like right in front of me But two in my like entire life Not bad Yeah And then like when it comes to personal funerals I've seen maybe like four bodies
0: I've seen I've to okay. more funerals I've gone to more funerals than that, but I've seen less people die than that. I think I've only seen one person die, and realistically, I wasn't in the room when it happened either. I, like, left for a 15-minute, like, walk, and they passed in that time, and, like, I, I had been there for three days.
1: Oh, okay, so you didn't see the act. I didn't the see act. the
0: actual, like, I don't know what it was, but for some reason, I was like, I just need to go for a walk. I yeah, had been there time, a long time. Time like, and
1: place does that.
0: Yeah. I'm Sometimes
1: you just feel the energy and you get out of there. Uh, I was working at a movie theater throughout high school and I had just cleaned a theater for something. I couldn't tell you. I wish I I knew what the guy had seen. Mm-hmm. But I was clearing the trash bags and there's a crowd of people behind me. People gasping, asking for help. This dude fucking crumples. I see this dude go down, clutching his chest and a second later, he just slackens. Jeez. And something just leaves him. You I know? didn't know that. Yeah. Under the low light of fucking, like, movie theater yeah. hallway, he falls right next to a concession stand. And, like, his wife was there holding him, fucking crying, mm-hmm. you know, up to the moment the ambulance takes the body. But holy shit, that happened in front of, like, me and three other people. Damn yeah, we had to we had to talk to our manager. They they had to be like, "Are you okay?" Yeah, and we were like, "Yeah, you know, I guess." I can't. I'm so pissed. I can't remember what fucking movie he saw. Because mm-hmm. part of me is part of me is like, well, if you saw like a Wes Anderson flick, like it's good to go out on. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? yeah. But like, if he went out on like Sing, Illumination <laughs> Sing, <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, "Dear God." Yeah. You know, he went out on War Horse, I'd be like, ugh. Ah. but anyway um that that number might actually be three i've told the um the story of the old guy falling in the in the wine and spirits store before um he got i i i witnessed a man slice himself from this point to this point all the way down his arm yeah and i was the only person to pick him up and use like my, hands, a my yeah. hands on his arm and physically hold him and this guy comes running out of the back room with like towels and i'm just holding on to towels i have blood all over my hands and i'm just holding this guy that yeah. i the 60 year old dude until the ambulance gets there and by the time they they pull the guy away i'm sitting here wondering i, I don't, is he gonna survive Cause he Clearly was old he and he was looking pale as fuck <laughs> yeah. He gets onto that vehicle and I ask him If he wants me to come with him and he says no Yeah. And I'm like okay You know I've been here with you the last five minutes Trying to help <laughs> Yeah. but I, I don't necessarily Want to get wrapped up in an ambulance with some guy I don't even know but yeah. like I walk back in to check out my stuff <laughs> and,
0: I need this And the lady's
1: like Do you want to wash your hands and I look down And I see all this dried blood on my hands and I'm like Oh shit yeah, <laughs> I walk back. I come back out. I'm all cleaned up. They gave me like, um, rubbing alcohol and shit mm. to really get in there. Yeah. And um, Just in fact And as I'm checking out, the the girl asks me if I if I'm a nurse. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm like, no, for this thing from it. I actually have a phobia of blood. <laughs> but yeah. like, but like when you see someone fall like that, you got to, you got yeah, to do, you gotta do what you got to die, <laughs> yep. you know? And, and I, I've always been proud of myself to act in that moment, but there were two other times where I didn't before that.
0: Sure.
1: Story number two is I saw a guy get, uh, literally drive into another car and just get obliterated. Sure. I was, again, going to my movie theater job and I was coming up that back road in Caddy. Mm -hmm. There's this back road where if you go behind the Red Robin or the Red Roof Inn, you could turn and take a back road straight shot to the movie theater and not have to go around the shopping market. As I'm shooting back, I see in the shopping market a guy going through, um, cutting through the parking lot, Mm -hmm. like cutting through
0: it. Yeah, just like...
1: at a gunner's pace, and he doesn't know that there's a driving lane behind a bunch of semis. Mm-hmm. The guy who's gunning it is about to run into the back of a fucking truck that he doesn't see coming.
0: Yeah.
1: And I am there at a stop sign. Here, and the truck is here, mm-hmm. and he is coming. Vroom, this this lateral direction. Yeah. The truck paces and he has maybe 10 minutes to respond, but his body disappears into the back of that fucking semi truck. Mm -hmm. There isn't a mist. There isn't a spray. The car crumples in the back of a semi and there's almost like nothing left. Yeah. And I am sitting there (laughs) at that stop sign like can't be late to work today and I, <laughs> and I drive off shit. <laughs> because I had I had seen this shit and so many other people in this lot had seen this shit people went running over people went running over yeah and I was like I can't be late to work no one's gonna believe this shit and I kept driving um If I hadn't seen other people, I would have stopped because that dude is going to need a witness to that. But so many people were there and this asshole was gunning it through this parking lot. It's like he had a death wish. Other people saw it too, like other people I know Mm -hmm. that were there. And I was like, (laughs) I think that was something like two deaths I had seen within like a four year span with someone else. And, And they were like, yeah, I saw that too. That was gnarly. But yeah, I don't know if that third guy died, the wine and spirits guy, but luckily that's the last time i've I've had to deal with,
0: with, that, uh, type with, with that
1: type of medical situation yeah. <coughs> My uncle has a gnarly story about how he, when he was um driving on some icy roads up in the Poconos, he saw a guy literally um go go from his tires to his roof down a goddamn mountain. Wow. Tires to roof to tires to roof to tires to roof. And <coughs> it was in the middle of... Um, it was after a snowstorm. So there was ice and, and there were still some flurries coming down from the trees. Mm-hmm. And uh, my uncle is the first of one person 30 miles in the middle of nowhere with trees on either sides. Yeah. He crawls over to this car. He gets over to it. The dude is inside bleeding out breathing in a weird way and he's just trying to talk to him can't touch the car in like any way he can't open the door the dude is like pinned Mm -hmm. dude died before ambulance showed up
0: Yeah.
1: (sighs) now that's a gnarly fucking situation too Mm -hmm. I don't know how I'd be able to react to that I don't know how I'd be able to react to any of this Lillian mad whip shit yeah. If my brother got fucking t boned in a car and I witnessed it, I'd be fucked up. Especially if
0: if you witnessed it
1: twice, <sighs> you know. If I saw it coming, I I would have done anything to grab my brother's hand and run into the middle of a field and get away from every truck I can see in my vicinity. Yeah. <coughs> But if I saw all my pet's dying, I'd be super bummed. Yeah, that would like that would impact me heavily too, but maybe she's never had a pet longer than mm-hmm. like a year and now it's just another fucking Yeah, it's just another thing that happens on the in
0: bedpost. two years, yeah, two weeks. fucking bing bong, fuck your life.
1: <laughs> and we're back at it. <laughs> bing bang. Oh, well, I was I was Captain Death. He was Where Am I Where Am I This is part one to the Lillian Mad Whip series I do believe uh, with the pace we went at today This is going to be a four parter Yeah. So this is the first of four I hope people are en- enjoying it And are engaged in Lillian's uh, Trial of life and death I'm sure we're going to see more More shit <coughs> More shit going on But uh Any last words? Where Am I?
0: We should definitely do the next one at an earlier hour Because <laughs> Cause where am I is about to be head on pillow.
1: <laughs> head on pillow! Head on pillow I can't I feel like I would just draw like a Jojo's bizarre adventure face like literally yeah. on a pillow. Yep. Head on pillow. Um yeah. This is this was Lots of Pasta, Lillian Mad Whip, good shit. And we'll we'll see if our part we'll see if we're part two, fuckers. Bing Bong Away to the days end when the moon
0: is high and it'll rise At the tide with the lust for life Foul Unless an army I will run as so a horde And then we'll look across the land until we stand at the shore I'll wait to the days end when the moon is high and it'll rise At the tide with the lust for life Foul Unless an army I will run as so a horde And then we'll look across the land until we stand at the shore